You're listening to Accent of the Podcast. Today, I hope you learned something new in English. In each episode, I interview a guest who has a distinct English accent. This gives all those English learners out there a variety of accents to listen to and try to understand. On today's episode, you'll be hearing from Xenia, who is a Macedonian author. Hello and welcome back to Accented. It's been quite a while since I released an episode and I've just realized that today is episode number 50. So since I started in February 2020, I have not taken a break. And as most of you who are old-time listeners, you know that I have recently moved overseas to France and it's been a little difficult trying to set up a new life and I know a lot of my listeners out there have moved to different countries and understand what it's like to start again. So I took a little bit of a break just to get settled, also to enjoy myself a little bit in this new country and perfect the language. I think I'm getting pretty good at using French now, seeing I have to use it every day. So yeah, a lot of things going on, but it's so good to be back to bring you a new episode and an accent which we've never had before, the Macedonian accent. As usual, before we get to the interview, I'm going to go through some vocabulary that you might hear. So Xenia is a well-known author in Macedonia. She has had some books translated into languages other than Macedonian. And she mentions the term to reach a broader audience. Now, the term broader audience means that we are trying to reach people other than the people we are already reaching. So it can work in many situations if you're working for an organization and you're selling things to young children from your country, that's one audience, but you want a broader audience. You want to start reaching adults and you want to start leaving and going outside your country to get your products out there. And that means that you're getting a broader audience. So you're trying to differentiate and you'd like to get out to as many people as possible. Xenia has had her books translated into languages other than Macedonian. And she said that sometimes when that happens, the book can be lost in translation. Now, this is a common phrase that people use. And being lost in translation usually means that something that is culturally specific to your culture or where you come from, and then you try to translate that into another language. And it doesn't make sense. And that means it can get lost in translation. So sometimes we have things that we culturally do in our country and people around the world don't do that. And then we try and translate it and it doesn't make sense. So that's where things can get lost in translation. This is one phrase 
if you've ever been a student of mine, that I constantly use. It's called reading between the lines. And this is what Xenia mentioned in the interview about reading between the lines. So basically, just go think about or imagine some lined paper and we write on that lined paper. Okay, so I like to think of three phrases. So if I'm reading on the lines and I can see the lined paper there, that means that I clearly understand what is going on. If I'm reading between the lines, it means that I'm getting the impression of what is happening. So for example, if I continually ask somebody to come to my house for dinner and they keep saying no, but each time I ask, oh no, I've got to go shopping. Oh no, sorry, I've got something happening that day. Oh no, I'd love to, but um, I've got to do my homework. Okay, so they're continually telling me this. They're not saying no. They have all these excuses. I need to read between the lines here. So by reading between the lines, I get the picture that this person doesn't want to have dinner with me. They haven't outwardly said that, but they are giving lots of excuses not to come and see me. So I read between the lines. And I think in a lot of cultures, we do that. We don't have to clearly be told something, but from the evidence and the impression that we're getting, that's how we read between the lines. So I'm going to let you have a listen to how Xenia uses reading between the lines. Welcome back to Accented. Today I have a guest from Macedonia and it's Xenia. Welcome, Xenia. Hi, Kimberly. Thank you so much for having me. This means a lot to me to be able to talk to you. Thank you so much. And I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, if you'd like to pronounce it for everyone else listening. No, you're pronouncing it quite well. It's Xenia. Okay, so the K and the S are together. So yeah, yeah, thank you for coming on the show. You are a writer and you're actually writing your new novel in English. How exciting. Well, yeah, that's very exciting. Um, my novels uh, have been translated in English into English in the past years, so I quite I began to you know write for a broader audience. So uh, on that journey, I figured out that there is something called lost in tra- lost in translation, which means that uh, my English readers, when they are reading my books uh, that are that are translated from Macedonian to English, um, they 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 were telling me that there were some things that were unclear or some some points were lost in the translation. So given the fact that I studied in English and I felt comfortable writing in English, I started analyzing the situation and thinking about writing a book directly in English. So that was my motive. And that's how I started. Of course, I worked with an editor on the side because you really need someone to help you on that journey because it's my first time. And now I'm done with the book. I finished my drafts uh, and I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Do you think as well it's a cultural thing that it could be lost in translation because 
what you're writing about could be culturally Macedonian? No, I never write uh, of, uh, in a, how can I say, based on Macedonian culture, cultural things, because my stories are, are based uh, in different cities international-wise. One of my stories is in Paris, another one is in uh, uh, Italy, you know, so uh, it's pretty much international. But I, I have to say, I, I noticed one thing um, in the uh, among the English readers, especially Americans. You know, uh, they're very, uh, very. How can I say? Um, interested in getting the information served to them uh, correctly in a way that's, uh, how can I say, approachable and understandable. They're not really about reading between the lines, which is something Eastern, <laughs> Eastern European people are all about reading in between the lines, uh, reading the subtext, reading what's not being told, whereas American people are very about what's being told, what's being there. And if there is something missing, then they are, you know, they don't, they feel like the book is not entirely well written. So this was my impression. And that's why I understood that, okay, if I want to write a book that's for, for the international market, mainly for the American market, because my current novel is happening in New York, I have to do it in English because it will never be the same if I write it in Macedonian and then a good translator translates, translates the book, something will still be missing. Yeah, that's a really good point that you mentioned there. Usually I find with American films or um, American books, it, it has to be quite obvious and you're right, there is no reading between the lines. It's really there and it's clear. That's a really good observation. And it's interesting that in Eastern Europe, you were saying that it, you read between the lines. Yeah. So in saying that, a lot of the things, it's left up to the reader as to their impression of the book. Yes, like even when you when you when you watch movies, like Eastern European movies are very confusing, but that's how we like them because um, they're mysterious and you, they get they get you thinking a lot in a way that you're not even prepared to to think. You know, whereas American movies, there is a lot of mystery there too, depending on the genre. But still, there is a formula. American movies are made um, and. Uh, you know, it's a very, very, very stable formula that obviously works for the market. Uh, I'm not saying one is better than the uh, than the other, but it's just very, very, very different. And from someone who is from from Eastern Europe, like like I am, uh, it's a lot of getting used to. You know, to get used to to be uh, approachable and to be uh, you know serving another market that's completely different because we we are writing for the readers in the end. You know, I cannot not know these things. These these things are very important and I would like to implement them in my stories as much as I can. So what genre would you put your stories in? Well, I mainly write uh, women's fiction novels and uh, psychological thrillers, I would say. My current novel that I wrote that I'm writing in English is a pure women's fiction. It's about four women living in New York City. Uh, they're all uh, very different and from different countries and backgrounds. Uh, so they, we have four different uh, women who are trying to, you know, 
live a better life in America. One of them is from uh, Latin America, another one is from the Philippines, and then we have another one, African-American, who came from uh, an unpleasant part of, uh, of America where people were shot on the streets. And then the, four, uh, the fourth uh, woman is uh, from Las Vegas, but they're all coming from very uh, poor, um, unpleasant backgrounds. So they're trying to make their lives better in uh, New York City. And, you know, that they get married and interesting things start to happen then. Um, but I, I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to write a story that's relatable to many women. And I think this is, this is one, one story that will be relatable to a lot of us, a lot of us, because we all been there, you know, we all been there regardless of our uh, nation and, uh, you know, backgrounds, we own, we're all trying to you know, live a better life. Uh, we, I've moved abroad and I know how it feels like to be a foreigner in another country. And that's not easy. Uh, although America is so international-wise and diversity is like on the next level. But still, you know, you're a foreigner in a country that, in, in, and that brings you other difficulties. And where are your books mainly sold? Uh, well, uh, my career here in Macedonia is quite... Uh, I'm uh, I'm quite satisfied with where I am uh, home because I've been writing for years now and uh, my books have been bestsellers for years. So this is how I got the stepping stone for my books to get translated in other languages. So when that happened, I got a publishing deal with a publishing house uh, and uh one of my books was translated into English and it was published last year. It's called All Men Love Leah. So that was the first book of mine that got translated. Uh, and it was published for the international market uh, on all the uh, digital platforms where books are sold. And then another one of my books was, was translated into English. And then I got a publishing deal uh, to, for my books to be translated into Bulgarian as well and into Russian. So in, a one, in one year, a lot has, has happened for me and for my career. And I'm very, um, you know, satisfied and thankful because for an author from Macedonia, that's like a dream come true because we're so coming from such a small country. We don't have agents here. We don't have people who will, you know, push for our careers. So everything happens on its own um, and we have to work a lot to do that. So, yeah. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you. So have you been to Bulgaria or Russia to promote the books? Mm, yes, I actually made a, a book signing in Bulgaria and it was wonderful. Uh, we made that last summer and it was incredible. Like uh, people, there was people, there was the, the media came and it, I felt so welcomed and it was amazing. And I was planning to go to Russia uh, in March. We, were, we had a date for the for the book uh, promotion, but uh, but uh, unfortunately the situation happened uh, uh, with the war, and you know uh, we we had no choice but to cancel the the book signing. So let's hope that this situation ends soon, and we'll and we can do it uh, eventually. So you spoke about your English books being sold in the U.S. Are there other English speaking countries that are buying your books? 
Yes, it's actually available. The books are available for the for the entire international market. So every everyone who reads in English can buy the books on Amazon, on Barnes and Noble, everywhere where books are sold. Really, uh, so uh, yeah, the UK is also a very good market for my books. I mean, a lot of UK readers have readers have read my books, and I'm very you know thankful for that. Australia as well. Um, so yes, everywhere and also Europe because a lot of you know European people who come from i don't know other countries uh, they also read in english so uh, everyone who reads in english really so you said you've been doing this for years so when did you write your first book oh when i was very very little i actually been writing my whole life and uh when i was 18 or something like that I started like collecting the stories that I wrote and I thought about how that can become a book one day. But back then, I have to tell you, in Macedonia, it was impossible to imagine to have such a young uh, writer, you know, publish a book because that wasn't happening. We only had older writers who were already very well known. And the market was so closed for young ones, you know, they, uh, they were very, the boundaries were very high and difficult to be pushed. So when I uh, published my first book, I had this feeling that a lot of underestimating, uh, a lot of people were underestimating the power of the young voice, you know, and uh as time passed, more and more people started expressing their thoughts through writing. And I'm very glad that happened because we have a lot of writers now, young writers who want to become serious writers. And then like a new generation happened. And slowly, slowly with social media, which helped us, helped us a lot, writing, you know, had a new shift. And this happens everywhere in the world, not only in Macedonia. But I feel like, you know, the older generations have a difficult time accepting the new 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 uh, circumstances that are happening you know and it doesn't really mean that the new is less talented it just means that it's different you know and it's different it express thoughts and art in a different way which is called evolution and it's the way it's supposed to be do you have any advice for young writers yes i would i always say this and i will say it again um there is a, uh, I feel like people uh, read uh, books from people, from authors they admire, and that's a wonderful thing. But then uh, when you admire someone too much and you want to become just like them, uh, you end up losing your own voice, which is the only thing that can be thought or learned uh, in art. And this comes with everything you do, not only writing, your own voice, your own stain. You have to have something that's very unique and your and defines you completely. And you cannot find that reading Dan Brown or reading someone else. You know, you, you have to find it within yourself. And then when they start uh, writing a, a story, this, uh, the story uh, it just has something that you already read somewhere, you know? And it ends up being, uh, it can be a great story, but the voice is already familiar to the audience, which in my opinion is very wrong. And um, also there is another thing. Uh, there is a very big difference than 
from being a story storyteller than uh, from being uh, an author, an author who creates something that's called art. So uh, I don't consider myself a storyteller. I consider myself an artist. So I have to, you know, put some magic in what I do and give something that cannot be found anywhere else because that's my uniqueness. And I feel that every author uh, has to find uh, the uniqueness uh, within himself or herself. Everything else can be learned. Techniques can be learned. Experience can give you that. And you can work with people who can help you on the road and you can become actually a very good t- technical writer. But to become an artist, that that's something that you cannot learn from anyone. You have to find it within yourself. And this is what, you know, uh, divides people in, um, you know, uh, authors who really, really make a difference from storytellers who write great books, but but that's it, you know? So it, it, it all depends where, where do you want to be, you know? If you want to be someone who inspires people in many ways, then you cannot be a storyteller. You have to be an artist in every single possible possible way. That's really great advice. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I would love to read one of your books, especially the one you're writing now about the women in New York. I I, I love reading stories about uh, people from different places. And I think having five women with different uh, perspectives. I'm sorry, it was five women, wasn't it? Four, four, the four, yes. Oh, four women, <laughs> yeah. sorry, four women with different perspectives. Um, yeah, I, I, I love reading and hearing stories like that so yeah thank you so much for sharing all this information about your life as a writer thank you so much this has been a wonderful experience and thank you so much for giving me the chance uh, to talk to you and i really do hope we talk again and when i have something new to share maybe when the book launches or something like that and I wish you nothing but luck with your podcast. Uh, I wish you many, many episodes of uh, successful uh, conversation with uh, conversations with interesting guests. We're all all around the world. That's what I love about this podcast is hearing from people like yourself. <laughs> well, thank you, and um, I'll make sure to put your links in the show notes so that people can go and visit your site and can find out where they can purchase your book. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. If you'd like to find out more about me, please head to kimslawofenglish.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't forget to leave a review of the podcast or even a star rating. Speak to you soon.